there's tips I looked up as a youngin in terms of like actual sex that I I used in my adult life. Because it's such a fascinating mathematical equation that men feel the pressure to perform in the bedroom, mm. but then they also are not encouraged to go learn anywhere. Yeah. Men and their egos. Right? Jeez. <laughs> Thank you for my social class. <laughs> <laughs> but the real truth is, as someone who's been in the sex ed space since 2005, I've seen a lot of progress in the field in terms of liberation, knowledge, and momentum of the general population, except for when it comes to this area. In short, while I hate to generalize, even though a lot of men, I would say, know that they're probably not as good as they want to be, they find it really difficult to admit that and to look for help. It was a very much an ego thing for him, but he never really put emphasis on teaching himself what would actually make me orgasm and have a good time. And when I shared with him that a vibrator would be really helpful for clitoral stimulation while penetration is occurring, he actually wanted the vibrator to be smaller than his dick. A lot of men just feel that they don't have to do the work. They just assume that a woman will come educated with what she needs and I don't necessarily have to do anything. I can just receive. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said Hi, welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about sex, love, and relationships. My name is Sham Boudram, and I've been a public-facing sex and relationship educator since 2005. Now, I began in this space because I realized there was a huge gap between the sex that I wanted to have and the sex that I was consistently having. So... I sought out traditional sex education in order to see if that could help make a difference in my life. And the truth is, it made all of the difference. Hence why I am so passionate about teaching people and encouraging people to learn about their intimacy in a very traditional foundational way. With that being said, let's get right into this week's episode. Do many straight men utilize sex education outside of watching mainstream porn in order to ensure they're really putting it down? And in my general opinion, no. As both a sex educator and as someone who's had sex with straight men, I gotta say the ego that I've been met with has been toxic at times and really sad at others. And to me, ego is both the biggest turnoff and biggest, for lack of a better term, cock blocker to actual great sex. Now let me be clear about something. Ego in the form of arrogance is the turnoff. Confidence, on the other hand, that is the biggest turn on. And what's the difference? Confidence is outwardly displaying your self-belief based on the work you've done and the work you know how to put in. Arrogance is an exaggerated sense of one's abilities that's based on the belief that no work is required. And according to Malcolm Gladwell, the simplified way to explain the route to genuine confidence is... You need to have practiced to have apprenticed for 10,000 hours before you get good. Okay, 10,000 hours aside, my fave thing about that answer is the formula of practice plus apprenticeship. To clarify, to apprentice is to volunteer yourself to learn from a highly skilled worker or source. And I think this is so important because this highlights what I try to stress to people who think that the only way to get good at sex is to just do it. Or to watch hours of paid performers on mainstream tube sites designed to appease sexual fantasies fueled by male ego, do it. Anyways, enough of my opinion, because you're going to hear more of it during my chat with the starring guest, Tim Chantarangsu. Now, I want to hear from other people if they have too felt like it's rare to meet a straight man who invests in learning about sex outside of doing it. So first, I asked my husband, Jared Brady, to call a few of his friends to test this hypothesis out. On a scale from one to 10, how important is sex to you? 7.8, 8. 8. 8. 3. <laughs> 9? Oh, uh, it, it's uh, 10. I'd say 8. Uh, yeah, 10. 7 or 8. I think it's like a 6. I'd say an 8. 7. All right, how confident are you that you know what women want sexually? Negative 10. 6? Um, eight, uh, nine. I feel like, and this is an honest, 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 sometimes you feel like 
you really fucking that shit up, but that's just not what you <laughs> Really confident just because I actually, like, asked. It was an eight. Now it's like a six, to be honest. <laughs> What's your favorite sex ed book? The, um, uh, I don't know one. Damn, I haven't really read any. Definitely not the Bible. Honestly, I don't know. I've never read a sex ed book before. I don't really read books. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't have one. Sex ed book? Uh, I, I'm not applicable. Never read one. All self-time from the streets, baby. That's a tough one because I haven't read any. So. I mean, I don't really read a lot of books about that. Sex ed books? Um, I don't even know. The Karma Sutra or whatever. <laughs> What's your favorite sex educator or sex education site? Uh, xnxxx.com. I don't think I've really studied it out. I well, I think I just kind of learned through experience and talking to my partner. Oh, perfect. Uh, porn up. Don't have one. So, I don't know. None, none of that. It's all. It's all. It's all trial and error. Oh fuck! I don't have any of this shit. Um, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, OnlyFans. I mean, I follow Chan, so whenever she says something interesting, like I'll tune in and it'll help me out. You know what I mean? But I don't go looking for it, which is interesting coming from like someone who's only a six on how confident you are on choosing a girl. You know what I mean? So that's kind of crazy. You're making me think. Oh wow, that's gonna have to be Chan Boudreaux. Yeah, that's cheating though. Okay, before we move into the conversation I had with Tim, there is one more very important perspective that I had to get on the matter. Yours. I wanted to hear from you all about what sex has been like with a man who has put in some of the foundational work that we're talking about. I recently dated a straight man who read about sex and was really willing to openly communicate about it and it made it the best sex ever. At one point, I did ask him to watch a tutorial that was actually on Eric Celeste's website. Yeah, it was a, almost like an hour-long demonstration um, on multiple orgasms, and that absolutely changed everything. He was very well-informed, and he was also interested in learning about anatomy. He was able to understand for woman's pleasure. Earlier in our relationship, he would read books and ask me and other women who were his good friends questions about their pleasure, um, what turns them on, what feels good, what are men doing wrong, etc. He's read um, She Comes First, The Art of Seduction, different erotica books, and a few books that are collections of submissions of women's fantasies to kind of understand women better. Now, let me tell you, after he read She Comes First, he put it down. I will always remember that. Sex has always been great, but it definitely improved with that added knowledge. I've dated somebody who went out of their way to learn, yes, um, but it's only ever been one person. Every other partner has not. And then teaching them what I would like always turns into like an ego thing. Yes. And let me be clear. That's what this episode is about. I'm not here to embarrass straight men or to insult their sexual performance, but instead to empathize with how sad it is that modern culture has increased the pressure for people with penises to be exceptional lovers while also increasing the stigma against those who ask for help in making this unfair expectation a genuine reality. And furthermore, I made this episode in hopes of being a part of the solution, which I think starts with giving more men an enthusiastic invitation to invite more curiosity and humility into their sex lives in order to make the experience better, wetter, longer, faster, harder, and most importantly, funner for all parties involved. Actually, let me edit that because I kind of lied just now. Truth is, I was inspired to make this episode because of the humility and curiosity of one straight man, our starring guest, Tim Chantarangsu. Tim does everything, but not like how your oldest cousin who still lives with your auntie does everything. He does it successfully. He's a comedian, an internet sensation, a podcaster, a movie star, a TV star, a business owner, clothing designer, husband, and father. Now, I'm proud to say I'm really good friends with Tim. We've been to each other's weddings, baby showers, and have gone to work together on several occasions during different milestones in our careers. So originally, that's what we sat down to talk about how your sex life changes through the various stages of your life. But after the first question, I did a hard U-turn 
and went with a different angle because I was so fascinated. Actually, let me just warn you. I say the word fascinating and blown away so many times in this interview. It's kind of obnoxious. So let's get into it. First and foremost, I think I know the answer to this question, but when was your first sexual experience? Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was, um, I think when I first discovered just even like masturbating, I was just, oh, mine is blown. I was on a website called jackinworld.com that would give you different tips on different ways to masturbate. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are some of the tips? Well, it was like crazy shit. It was like just different things you could do to experience different sensations. One was like jag off with like a banana peel. Cause like, and did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't something I did regularly, but it was just shit I was trying out, right? Yeah. Cause it was like the inside kind of gives you like natural lube and then you could just bust into the peel and throw it away. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like the little like peely rinds get caught on your dick and stuff. It's, yes. it's not, it's not as clean as they, they explained it to be. Right. But so I was on this website jackandworld.com so actually so naturally does it give porn plus tips or just tips um no it's just tips that's actually pretty fascinating i think that a lot of people are so fascinated by the basics yeah 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 that they just stick with that so oh. the fact that you invited variety into your life i was fucking every anywhere my dick fit i was inserting myself when my parents were gone and like uh and i was like you know any types of different like lubrication I could find, you know, I learned the hard way that I shouldn't use toothpaste. It was like all types of shit when I'm like 14, 13, trying to be like, what, what, what feels good? What doesn't, you know? Yeah. So naturally when I got into a relationship with someone who was equally horny as me, um, I was looking up tips on how to go down on a girl online. And I was like looking up tips. Wow. On yeah, yeah. This is a very fascinating story. <laughs> I feel like I've talked to you about your sex life many times before, but this is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah. We've never talked about this. I actually haven't really even told this story in a whole lot of like, uh, places. I don't think. Cause so yeah, I was like looking up tips, um, because initially, cause I remember when we first tried to kind of experiment with going down on each other, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. I was like, I think I just didn't go low enough. I think I just stayed in the pubes. Like I just was very puby. As the more we tried it out, the more I was like googling tips and after I would, school. I need to ask about this. this ask me. I am really blown away because <laughs> I think that a lot of heterosexual men, in particular, they're discouraged mm. from educating themselves sexually. Mm. I think there's so much pressure. First of all, there's so much pressure for your penis to do all the things. Yeah. So you're like, my dick should be able to last put out an fires, hour and yeah. last hours, give 40 different orgasms mm, and like feed uh, 400 people. Exactly. Like, yeah. So then you get so wrapped up in that it feels embarrassing or shameful to admit that you need help in any other area. Mm. So I just, I feel there's a lot of ego and I know this specifically as someone who studies sex, I'm yeah. very, rarely go to classes or workshops right, right, right. where there are men there any straight men there's oh. men there there's usually gay men there um or bisexual men there well i was i was always a very inquisitive dude i feel like maybe because i was an only child and i was just really curious about stuff i wasn't talking to anybody about it i'll tell you this i just told this story on me and david's podcast um one way i learned about sex so early on is i was watching Married with children with my with my dad, right? We used to watch that show all the time as a little kid, but of course I didn't understand any of the sexual jokes, right? So there's one episode specifically where Al Bundy was impotent, right? He couldn't get it up, so they're making all these like limp dick jokes that I just didn't understand. So then I looked up the word impotent in the dictionary. My parents had a big ass dictionary. I looked up impotent and it was like, oh, you know, when a man uh, can't get an erection, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, erection, what's that? I looked up erection and then, oh, when a man, blah, 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 for sexual intercourse. I was like, oh, intercourse, what's that? So then I just, you know, was like this like rabbit hole of the technical shit, right? And that's where I really started like learning how things worked. And I just felt like, um, why not? <laughs> Are you shocked at my shockness? At me actually willing to research and stuff. Yes, I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but like I'm I'm intrigued at the points you're making because it makes sense. Because a lot of people and dudes specifically, there is this whole thing where it's like you're either good at fucking or you're not. No one ever really talks about getting help. You yes. know what I'm saying? I think if anything, you talk to your boys about it, but when you talk to your boys, you're you're never really like locker room talk is never like, yo. How can I improve myself? It's it's I'm bragging about what I have done. All right. So then it's all ego in the locker room. And even when I was in college, so I took human sexuality in college and like women's studies and stuff. And even 
like like you said, a lot of people I feel are embarrassed to just have like a matter of fact conversation about it. Yes. Because we were in, I was in this human sexuality class and I told a story about, oh, like how I like came too fast, blah, blah, blah. Or it, it was either how I, I came too fast or I went soft or something like that. And a couple people in the class were like, oh my God, I can't believe you told that story. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it happens to everybody. Like it really, like why? You know what I'm saying? People mm. are like shocked. Um, but I'm like, are, what are, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Are we not trying to learn? You know, like have the conversation? Yes, exactly. The <laughs> fact that you even took a human sexuality class is fascinating. Okay, I don't want to fast forward <laughs> because to me, this is already interesting. So at a young age, you yeah. were already, before you even started to have partnered play at all, yeah. you were an explorative sexual person. Yeah. Like you were looking up different ways to do yourself. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever use shower heads? Oh, okay. Actually, um, yeah, because, um, can you tell me the various ways that you <laughs> masturbated <laughs> as a young boy? I'll tell you what, what I ended up, oh, I'll tell you about my first nut ever. So what I, what I was doing when I was younger is, um, when certain, when certain shower heads had like a, more of like a spread out, cause it wasn't like a focused, like powerful stream, but when it had like a spread out, it was nice in a way that was never going to make me like actually come, mm. but it was a nice, like, almost like, man, if you could for dude, if you could describe the difference between like getting head and actual penetration, cause head is like amazing, right? Like it's such a great feeling, but when you actually like want to come, it's like, you know, you need some hand action in there. Mm. You need something a little more like forceful, I guess. Right. Yes. So it's like the shower head for me was like such a great, like, Oh, this is like, so some form of foreplay. Yeah. Like a little foreplay on myself before the, before the, the hand or the couch Even came out. That's really nice that you did that for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, so you've experimented with sensations with the goal not always being ejaculation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to this day, if, if, I, if I come across a shower head with that stream, I'm like, let me get some of this right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was actually it's fascinating about your story because I don't think that I had the awareness to start looking and researching sex until 19. Oh, word. I think up until then, everything was just, I stumbled upon it or mm. I saw it in a movie mm. or I read about it in a fiction book. Mm. And those were not really reliable sources for like things that actually worked. Okay. So I just remember I did a lot of foolishness, a lot of bullshit. <laughs> and then when I turned 19, I was like, I started to actually read and research. And I was like, wow, mm. there's better ways out there. <laughs> well, what were you doing? I fucking carrots really oh okay like movies like movie mo shit. doing i couldn't i would not even recount i did some very very <laughs> despicable things i'm there with when you. attempting to figure it out yeah. but that's because i don't know if it was embarrassment or if it was shame or just even like a lack of awareness that there was spaces you could go and learn mm -hmm. that's why i'm so fascinated by the fact that you were like nah there are probably people who have figured this out let me learn from them yeah um you know what i think i was just being an only child and then the internet was like oh so many different things and ways to figure out how to do stuff to my dick <laughs> <laughs> so here's where we're at from a very young age mm -hmm. you were aware that there were resources that could make you a better lover first for you mm -hmm. now let's fast forward you start getting into partnered play yeah when i was 15 i mean it feels it feels weird to say this but when i was 15 that's all we did for like a year, which is go down on each other, right? Mm. So I was looking up tips and, you know, we were learning from each other. Is it because you were bad and she told you you were bad or you were like, oh, I'm already aware based on... I just knew I wasn't... I just knew we were new. Yeah. I think we were both looking up things to do and learning from each other. Well, here's, here's what's funny, right? Is when I was looking up tips on how to go down on her and improve my skills, like I'm talking about this website I was on had like a whole map of just like the layout of a woman's whole like you know vaginal vulvational situation how old were you like 15 and so were you aware of the clitoris before you even engaged with a vulva at all i mean i think we've we've heard you know i'd heard about a clitoris before that just from movies and stuff but like from going on the website that's actually pretty fascinating because we're on the same age and i feel like that was not a part of the pop culture zeitgeist at the time like talking about clits and stuff yeah um yeah maybe not but I learned from that website where it was at, where where the layout was, you know what I'm saying? The whole foundation and the blueprints. I think the education provides a foundation, like not dissimilar from cooking, right? Mm -hmm. 
just because I went to a culinary school doesn't mean I'm going to make the best spaghetti for you. Right. Because I still got to know what your palate, what your needs mm-hmm. are. But I have the bare basics foundation. For and sure. because I have that, I'm adaptable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you knowing the different parts of the vulva and where things are and different techniques allows for you to be with a partner and course correct very rapidly. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's tips I looked up as a youngin in terms of like, uh, like actual sex that I, I used in my adult life. You know what I'm saying? Like shit I looked up when I was like, I don't know, 17, 18 that I'd used forever. You know, I'm gonna ask what these tips are. <laughs> of course, of course. Just, you know, so like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not a big dude, you know? Um, so one of my go-tos from the jump was like, you know, put her legs on your shoulders so you could just like just penetrate a little more deeper. And then you get like also you get like little clit simulate stimulation just from your, like your pelvises pressing on each other. Here's why I'm blown away by this, because I think that there is such an ego that societally men I don't know how to say it, adapt okay. or adopt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a result, like wouldn't even just be too ashamed to even Google that. Yeah. Like when you searched up tips for small dicks, big performances, <laughs> did you clear the search history afterwards? Were you like, nah, I mean, I was the only child, you know? And like, so I didn't care. Um, oh, I don't remember doing that. Um, I was also, you know, I was always just like a people pleaser, you know, because I'm a Pisces, you know? So <laughs> no, let me not do that. I'm better than that. eye roll. <laughs> I'm better than that. That was Tell me more. Tell me how your sign contributes to your self-awareness. No, no, I said that just to get that eye roll out of you. (laughs) But I am just, I I am a people pleaser. You know, I I care. Um, I like to make people happy, you know, in in all aspects of my life, right? So it's like, and that was just something I naturally wanted to do if I was like, I wanted to make sure um, that everybody was having an enjoyable experience. You know what I'm saying? You know, oh, I'll tell you this, this is about to blow your mind. One of the first times in my life that I like just couldn't get up, get it up for a girl. And I was so bothered by this. I talked to my dad about it. And my dad was like, ah, you know, it happens. Just make sure you don't dwell on it too much because it's going to like mess you up the next time. You just got to remember to relax and like um, don't get into your head too much about it. And uh, did you look that up too? what? Like, oh, going soft? Yeah. Um, I think, oh, you know what I did do is look up different foods to eat to keep your blood flow uh, better for that. Yeah. An evolved man. Because <laughs> did you ever have your friends, your dude friends, ask you for advice? Because it sounds like this is an area of yours that you were interested in. You took human sexuality courses. Yeah. You researched from a young age. You were sexually active, fairly young. You were before the average. Is there a level of acknowledgement of like, oh shit, Tim might know more. Yeah, so let nah. me. <laughs> nah, not, not, not that I can think of. It's always either shared. Here's the thing. It's either shared brag stories or shared embarrassing stories. Um, and then you give each other advice through the embarrassing stories as friends but ah, but i don't think it's ever been a dude let me get your advice you yeah know? like you seem like you're good at this can you help me yeah yeah let's see in my life has anybody ever has, has like a friend ever came up to me for sexual advice nah not that i can say men and their egos right? jeez <laughs> thank you for my social clip <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you didn't have an ego when it came to researching. What about also? Hey, if uh, you're having trouble with erectile dysfunction, BlueChew.com. Use promo code Tim for your first month free. I'm Hims and Hers. Sorry. So you can oh, also go to Hims and Hers. I also did Roman, so you could go to Roman. <laughs> shit, I did Giddy as well too. So try that shit out. Try them all out. Lots of different ways to get hard. Um, what about when it came to asking your partner? Because this is a huge hurdle Mm. wherein a lot of women feel uncomfortable expressing their desires and needs to their partner because there isn't an inherent curiosity, which makes it very easy to come forth and be like, hey, licking my pubes is really not (laughs) the zone. I was always, um, well, you know what? I think in the beginning I was so open to learning, right? And then I'll tell you this, if we talk about male ego, right, or just ego in general, yeah, in the beginning, I was so curious and so eager to learn. I was asking questions. I was looking up tips. And I think when I got to a point where I felt like I was good at it, then I wasn't asking anymore. 
but I was always open if someone was like, no, I, that's a little too hard for me. Like, I, I prefer this. Um, but you stopped leading with curiosity. You started yeah. leading with like, here's the show. Yeah, here, here's, here, let me show you what I got. <laughs> this I'm about to, oh, watch, check this out, right? I have this debate all the time with my brother-in-law because he has so much ego. He is young, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, <clears throat> I don't think you're good in bed because of that. <laughs> I can't just say I'd have great sex with you. Mm-hmm. Like there'd be a learning curve that I'd have to take on. And the person who acknowledges the learning curve to me is the better lover than the person who's like point blank period. I'm a great lover. Yeah. You know, and I think that might come from, I mean, look, I think I learned a lot just through my whole phase as well in terms of learning that like everybody's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you might be really good with one person when you're in a relationship, but then, you know, you hook up with someone else and and they're completely different, you know, like different things like, aren't comfortable or it might hurt or they like, uh, you know, less pressure here or whatever, you know? Um, and I think just from hooking up from different people in the past is where I really helped me figure that out. Yeah, so I would say books help me figure that out. Like I have this running joke with Rick, right. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, I got to give you a hand job one day cause I feel <laughs> really good about my game, right. but I only feel good because I have read books and mm-hmm. I know several different techniques. For hand jobs? Yes. Mm. So I know what works for Jared. I know what works for my husband, but yeah. like, if I got to someone else and that didn't work, I'm like, cool, mm-hmm. let's go with the grand slam. Right. <laughs> like I, I have other techniques that I have like looked into so I could, I have a framework for how to be adaptable in the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, the curiosity is there, but the curiosity mixed with an educational background and a foundational understanding of like the anatomy of the penis too. Right. So even if you are like a little bit, if you have a really sensitive head, I'm like, okay, cool. Let me utilize the skin more or mm-hmm. let me change up my stroke or let me put one hand at the base to add more pressure. So you've got a way of troubleshooting, which mm-hmm. I don't think that you necessarily, you can get through experience if you have really communicative partners. Mm-hmm. But I feel like without the education, I don't know how you get there. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the education, you know? Well, I want to hear about Taking a sexuality, human sexuality and gender studies course um, in college. Sure. When I took human sexuality, I think I, I had already been giving, doing advice videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm giving advice just off of my own personal experience. Why not learn some, some book stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then as far as women's studies, uh... I was like, I would like to learn things that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And also, <laughs> and not gonna lie, in my head, I was like, there's probably gonna be so many women in this class. <laughs> and there were. <laughs> it's like me and like three guys. It was amazing. Um, in both classes? Uh, human sexuality was definitely more women than men, but wi- women's studies was like probably like 20 girls and three guys. You mm-hmm. know? And I always tell people one of the craziest weeks, well, not crazy, but just kind of like as a young, um, you know, thirsty boy but also like I was you know I was keeping shit professional because I'm in class right we had a whole like week um where we were just talking about masturbation and it was in like the textbook and everything and like you know it was a a big emphasis on you really have to know how to pleasure yourself before you can have someone else pleasure you that type of thing right so for this women's studies class we would do the classes on Tuesday and Thursdays were groups and so we would get into these groups and so it was like me and like five girls in this circle and we're all the goal was like, okay, everyone talk about your first masturbation experience and how you learned about it. And I'm like sharing my story and I'm listening to their stories trying to be like, oh, okay, cool. Very like professional. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> hot. <laughs> but I had to just, oh um, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you learn things in that class that made you a better lover? Um, let me think. Oh, I tell you what I learned that uh, that that one of the few things I actually retained from college is this fact right here, because they brought in somebody to answer all of our like taboo questions, right, for this human sexuality class. And someone was like, hey, man, can we get pregnant from pre-cum or not? And this guy was like, oh, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but look, here's how. It happens, you know, and he told us. And have you talked about this before? Probably. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, well, that's and that's something I took with me forever. But I'm not going like, to stop you from talking about oh, it. Oh, sure, let's talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, and he told us that, you know, the only time pre-cum can get someone pregnant is when there is 
sperm left over in the urethra from the previous session. Yes. And you don't pee to clear it yes. out. Yes. When the bladder is full, it empties through the penile urethra and out of the end of the penis. Urine, as one may guess, is very acidic. This is important to note because sperm don't like acid. So after a male urinates, the urethra slash ejaculation duct is poisonous to sperm. So when a man becomes aroused, the body says, oh, no, 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 no. But what about our precious sperm? How will they survive? And then the seminal vessel and prostate come to the rescue and release an alkaline fluid mixed with mucus and water and other gelatin-like substances that make the tube safe for sperm to travel through. This, ladies and gentlemen, is pre-cum. And no, there is no sperm in it. But going back to what I said about sperm being kind of like sand, there is a possibility. There is some sperm from a previous ejaculation hanging around in the tube that the pre-cum picks up as it tries to clean out the area. This is especially true if the male has not urinated between orgasm. Fascinatingly enough, if I tell someone I talk about sex for a living, women will ask a practical question and a guy will be like, where'd you go to school? <laughs> How many hours have you accumulated? What makes you an expert? But Jared, though, mm -hmm. he specifically sought me out to have sex with me. Oh, to see what you were all about? Or to what? learn so he could be better for other people. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. He was like, wow, I get to like have sex with a sex educator and then I'll get great tips from her Damn. and then I'll be able to move on and have great sex with other people. And so he approached our relationship with like a curiosity. He was also like experimentive yeah. and receptive. Mm -hmm. Like he was receptive, not even just in words. I always describe like, because there was a time when I was looking for a fuck buddy. Mm -hmm. And so I was making out with tons of dudes and I had a bunch of dudes go down on me. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I was like, oh, Jared's my fuck buddy is I remember when he was fingering me, I looked at his face and it was like a painter. Mm, you know what I mean? Like it real life. Hmm. he was like, like a, a painter in flow, mm -hmm. like working with the canvas, like not on, not working on oh, the canvas. Oh, you're not. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it was like a painter. Like he had gunk all over his face for, it was. Oh, good. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that too, but it was more like, no, like I am feeling in the moment yeah. and I'm experiencing the moment and I'm learning as I go. Mm. And that was of, of course, you know, backed up with questions, but it was a curiosity that went deeper than the verbal. It was like, I'm genuinely listening to how your body responds. That's dope. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like this is the person that I want to have sex with. Man, I'll tell you what, like <laughs> you just made me remember that like, so me being someone who was always talking about like my dick and talking about sexual stuff on YouTube, when I was like host stage and just hooking up, it kind of like messed me up because while he was trying to fuck you for tips, girls just assumed that my like my sex was gonna be fire. Yeah. When I was just like randomly hooking up, I wasn't really just you trying to go down really on everybody. You oh, know, okay, what I'm saying? I understand. I was like yeah, yeah. So it was about effort. Yeah. Yeah, capability. Okay, Bill's there, but you're not always, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to effort everybody, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can F everybody. I'm not efforting everybody, though. <laughs> As time has gone, because I told the story about Jared, but in saying that, I don't know if he went on websites or even reads books on his own, mm -hmm. which is something that I did, but I also do it for a living and get paid to do it. So yeah, I'm incentivized yeah. in a different way to learn about it. But it is fascinating because we work together and whenever he has edited projects of mine mm -hmm. that are about anatomy mm -hmm. or that are about, like we did an entire thing about female orgasm for Playboy mm. and Jared got so much better at fingering after that. Interesting. We also did this project with Layla that was called Seven Days of Orgasm mm. where we like talked about the A-spot mm. and after that, that was the first time I started being able to experience A-spot stimulation. What's A-spot, your butt? A-spot <laughs> is like the anterior fornix so it's basically deep penetration mm. So it's past the G-spot, okay, okay. a couple inches up, but then mm. not the cervix there. So a fornix is like an archway, like think of like the Arc de Triomphe. Okay, yes, yes, so archway it's like an before archway the around like, the cervix. Interesting. So I am like, you do, do you not see the benefit <laughs> of, of continuing to right, learn right. and do that on your own? Yeah. So after you took this human sexuality course and you had this base frame rate of looking things up, how did you engage with sex education as you got older? Like obvious answer was, you know, once I like, cause I've been with Chia for like 10 years, right? Um, I just really kept learning about her 
uh, asking what she likes, what she doesn't like, um, and just kind of learning my partner, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but as far as like actual education, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it was kind of, um, are you guilty of feeling like the work is done? What do you mean? Like, oh, I learned all I had to learn about sex. I learned the basics. So now I don't have to like continue my education in a formal way. Well, kind of because, you know, I feel like when, when cause I've, I've been with her for so long, um, you kind of begin to feel like I know how this works. Right. right? Um, I know what gets the job done. I know what, what I need to do, but, uh, no, nah, not so much as I was a youngin. You yeah. Know? I hope I sparked this curiosity back in you. Cause I think it's important. I still learn a lot. Yeah. And I think traditionally a lot of men think the way that I get good is through experience and repetition. Yeah. But it's like, how do you try something new when it's never even occurred to you to do that before? What you were able to do at a young age, I feel like a lot of people haven't done at a big age. Right. Which is allow their curiosity to humble them Mm. and allow yourself to even acknowledge that like, hey, I might not know everything. Mm -hmm. What do you think the benefit for you was in taking a traditional sex education route? The benefit for me was I was always kind of, I, I always felt like ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and as far as a man, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform sexually, right? Um, even like in society, it's like the dude has to do this and this, like the dude has to make the girl come or, or else you've failed. Right. Right. So it's like, I mean, I think that was kind of one of my motivators to really know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? And like, like, yeah, everybody's different, but of course, like the more knowledgeable you are and the more you can kind of learn about how people are different and like, and, and just how things work, it just makes you not only more skilled, but it, it gives you more confidence. Or I always say like, look, when I walk into the room, a girl's like not necessarily going to be like, you know what? I want to fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. But give me like 10 minutes next to the chips. And she's like, I might fuck this guy. <laughs> so it's like confidence is such a big part of, of um, how you do things in your life. You know what I always say, though? Confidence is not a choice. It's a result. Mm. Right. Like I can't practically I can't be confident at golf if I don't have the basic skills. And that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, sex is such a a. Uh, a crazy like layered there's like so much that can go on and so much that goes on with different people and for me just it was something that I knew um I wanted to be better at even from a young age like I wanted to know what I was doing and I think just like the fact that I was like went out of my way to really research and know some things made me better and it just you know made me feel better about what I was doing you know yes because it's such a fascinating mathematical equation that men feel the pressure to perform in the bedroom mm. and they feel this insurmountable pressure to be able to make women orgasm multiple times. Yeah. But then they also are not encouraged to go learn anywhere. Yeah. Like it's discouraged almost. And you're looked down upon. Like I'm, I'm thinking of a particular person who lived, we know him, <laughs> okay. but he lives with multiple dudes. Okay. And I gave him a book about how to please a woman. And mm. he was like, what if my friends stumbled across <laughs> this book in my room? How am I supposed to explain that? I mean, it's, it's definitely funny, but, <laughs> but, Look, if if you're around the homies and you find a book that says how to please a woman, yes, it's funny. But also it's like like I would I me personally, I would be able to laugh at the homies but also be like I learned some shit in here and put people on, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. It's a funny scenario. Why is it funny though? <laughs> it just is. It just is. But what what's the comedy behind wanting to be exceptional at something and putting right. the work behind it? I think it just implies that you're whack at it, right? And I think that's... But isn't that a given? That's what I'm saying. It's obvious. I'm going to be whack at building a deck. I've never done that shit before. Right, right. And that's, and that's the conundrum, Shannon Boudram. It's like we're expected to be good, but then we are clowned if we want to be better. That's why so many dudes are whack. Specifically tall dudes. I say go for short man, ladies. Because we don't have to, like... We don't have those expectations on us. You know what I'm saying? Tall dudes, they're expected to like not only have huge dicks, but also be amazing at sex from the jump. They're not going to want to learn. They're going to feel stupid. Short dudes, I don't have those expectations on me. I'm learned. So usually, short dudes going to lay it down. 
<laughs> Let's end with that. Thanks, Tam. <laughs> that was great. Funny enough, one of my community members said a similar thing in my voicemails for this episode. The best sex that I've had with straight men is when they are maybe not as stereotypically attractive. And so they put in work. They care. They have self-awareness, more curious, more attentive. So I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to it. Oh, also, by the way, if you want to contribute to Lovers and Friends, make sure you follow me on Instagram and save this phone number where you can call in and leave a voicemail. So it's 323-375-4797. Also, make sure you follow Tim on YouTube and Instagram by searching for Chim Chantarongsu and listen to his huge hit podcast, No Chasers, wherever you are listening to this podcast. A bunch of links will be listed in the show notes. Next, I wanted to get a male sex expert who traditionally works with straight men to share his take on the matter. And let me tell you, finding this kind of person was not easy. For starters, a lot of male sex educators abandoned their accounts years ago, and a lot more of them were the kind of people that I couldn't see a lot of the men that I know feeling comfortable working with. A few that did seem kind of cool, I pre-interviewed only to discover that they themselves were self-taught coaches who never read a single book in their damn lives. Now, there's actually this other guy who I've seen make countless men's sex tips videos over the years. And when I DM'd him, he said, I'm out of that business altogether. And now I help women find love. And I wonder why he made that switch. All that to be said, three days later, and finally, I stumbled upon men's sex coach Alex Grendy. And in light of my experience, I had to ask... Alex, what is your life like as a sex educator who focuses on people with penises? Um, it's it's my passion. It's it's my deepest purpose in life. So for me, it's exactly what I'm meant to be doing. It's, it's one of my favorite parts is when I meet someone new and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm just like, I'm a men's sex coach. They're like, wait, what? And there's either like this really keen interest, like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. What is that like? And then there's other people who just kind of tighten up. And especially for men who are like immediately, oh, I don't need that. I don't need, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know? And I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's okay. Um, I don't say that out loud, <laughs> but I, I know those are the men who need well, it the most. It's also too, like, who does that? I would never hear, oh, you know, I, I have a, a laundromat business. I don't need a laundromat. <laughs> yeah. My washer and dryer works fine. I didn't ask. <laughs> you asked me what I did. I answered your question. That's weird, right? It's because sex is, even just hearing the word for some people, there's so much shame, you know, that they just don't know how to handle it. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, I'm Alex Grendy. I'm a men's sex coach, and I focus on helping men overcome performance anxiety. But I learned about sex and the importance of sex in a relationship probably younger than I should have. And But that also gave me the confidence to talk about sex and educate about sex from a really, really young age. So naturally, I was also one of the first people to kind of try everything. So even though I was this person who had a lot of sex and had a ton of sexual experiences, I still wasn't comfortable having sex. So I experienced all the performance anxiety and pressure of being a man, and especially like in high school, trying to please women and perform. But to circle back a little bit, I, I went on a kind of a self-development journey that led me down various roads and ancient practices. And, and I learned about semen retention and Taoism. And, and that really sparked my interest like, oh, okay, maybe there is this way to learn more about sex and become a better lover. And that's when that first kind of came into my field because the last 10 years I was kind of just medicating with marijuana and alcohol. That was how I kind of got through sex. Um, and then I was like, okay, I went from book to book, kind of digging deeper, trying to learn these practices on my own and having a little bit of success, but really stumbling along the way. And it wasn't until a friend of mine was like, you should be a sex coach. And then I was just like, okay, I need to talk to every single sex coach. I need to know 
what they're teaching, what this is all about. And that's what I did. I worked with everyone I could find. Uh, and I worked with like five coaches at a time. And I was just so blown away, even with my first training that was like four weeks. I was just, I thought I knew something about sex and I had all these sexual experiences. And as soon as I actually got some coaching, I realized I knew nothing. And that was the moment for me when I was like, I've had all of these experiences, threesomes, so many partners. If I don't know anything about sex, what about someone who's only had sex with one or two people? And I just felt like, wow, this is something I need to share with all men that I possibly can help. And since then, it, it has become my mission. It is so fascinating because your story, one, is so similar to the Netflix TV show, Sex Education. It oh, sounds like it was based me. off of your life. <laughs> it resonates deeply. <laughs> And secondly, it's so similar to my story um, in that, in essence, I had had multiple partners, a deep passion for sex, but awful sexual experiences. Well, I think that's the confusing part. At least it was for me, right? You're told you're supposed to want sex all the time as a man. Sex, you know, men are these horny guys who are ready to have sex at any moment and ready to perform. And also growing up, you learn or at least I learned that if you didn't, if the man didn't come, then it doesn't count, right? So we wanted to be able to pleasure someone during sex and be a good partner. There was also the pressure where if you didn't have an ejaculation, maybe your partner would be very offended. It's really confusing. Well, what should I do? Just try as hard as I can to ejaculate or should I try to please her? And we have the same messaging as women that this is about the man. And something I just wanted to go back to, because I think a lot of women don't understand, is that a lot of time when men come or ejaculate prematurely or before they would like to, whether it's in two minutes or five minutes, I think women automatically assume that, oh, well, he ejaculated, so he's happy. But most of the men in those situations don't enjoy that orgasm and ejaculation at all. It's actually a very shameful moment. And sometimes they actually don't feel any pleasure at all. 99% of the men who come to me are so disconnected from their body and have like can't even conceive the concept of using other body parts other than their genitals to, to experience pleasure. Do you think that there is a huge gap or barrier or something that just prevents the majority of men from being like, oh, I can learn about this somewhere and I'm going to invest my time in doing that? Yeah, I do. The barrier is quite simple, I think. It's strictly ego. And they're thinking, well, if I'm seeking help, that means I'm bad at it. And if I'm bad at it, I'm not a man. And if I'm not a man, then I'm nothing. Tell me why men of all capabilities, of all sizes and shapes and backgrounds need a sex coach and what you get when you work with a sex coach. Yeah, for men specifically, you know, we, we have all these ideas, like sex is very important to us, but we don't realize how disconnected we are to it. And how this is affecting different areas of our lives. So once you do kind of become aware of this fact and you start to tap into your pleasure potential, start to really feel your highest confidence as a man, it doesn't just impact your sex life. It impacts every single aspect of your life. What are some of the things that a sex coach can teach you? Number one would be reducing anxiety and, and starting to feel comfortable in your body because these men are so used to being in a stress response all the time in their lives that they've never really tapped into their pleasure. So um, like we spoke about before, being able to feel, feel pleasure outside of just your genitals um, and being able to now enjoy every part of the sexual experience, not just ejaculation. And not to mention 
you know, things like experience non-ejaculatory orgasms, be able to be in control of how long you last so you can really pleasure your partner. Um, I also teach men about how to pleasure a woman and how to support women. And the final kind of part of that is integrating those things into your life. Once you've become confident in who you are as a man, once you've become confident in your ability to please and be a loving partner, now that taking that into your into your life. Can you speak a little bit to learning how to please a woman? Men, men have no idea what women actually want. Uh, they haven't. They they think they might, but um, there's there is a huge gap in, and I think part of that has to do with ego. Men want to believe that they know how to pleasure each woman. You know, they don't want to communicate. They don't want to ask. They don't want to learn about their partners. They want to just be able to say, oh, I know, and I'm going to do it. It's like there's a lot of things that men can do to really hurt women, uh, you know, when they're trying to please them and do things that can really ruin the mood. So I think it's so, so important to have that foundation. Go to superiorlovers.com to book a free consult call and get a free sample of Alex's work. You can also search him on YouTube by typing Alex Grendy to see more of his work for free over there. And also, I highly suspect he'll be back on this podcast because I loved talking to him. And as always, more on Alex in the show notes. Speaking of which, that's our show. Next week, I'll be officially full term pregnant, meaning 37 weeks, meaning ready to have this baby at any time. Something that I tearfully unpacked with shameless actor Shanola Hampton. I really, really am. You're going to be great. Oh, man. This conversation is really helpful, Shanola. Oh, I'm so glad, babe. You are doing so great. Do you understand me? I know. I'm so scared. I know you are. I know. And I know that I know you are and you're scared is to help somebody else because you're going to see that wasn't that scary. So come back to Lovers and Friends where we'll be talking about it, all of it. And until then, go and rate and review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, please. I haven't mentioned that the past couple of weeks and I've noticed people haven't gone and done it, which lets me know that the peer pressure works. So Picture me sitting with you right now in your car, on your walk, folding laundry, about to have sex. I'm sitting across from you and I'm looking you in the eye and I'm like, you don't have a couple seconds just to go and press a star. I don't care what star. It could be one, could be five. It's your honest opinion. It's about people showing that there is an active audience here for this podcast. And so I'm asking you, am I not worth a couple of your seconds to hit a button, say a few words. That's it. That's how we do it. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. I said, Lovers and friends.